We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the NBA front office show. A lot going on in the world of the NBA. I know I start every show saying that, but really, there is so much going on today that before we started the show, Keith and I were debating whether or not we could fit all of this into one episode. We are going to give it a shot. There is so much happening around the league right now, including this little thing called the NBA Finals, but also a lot of news and notes regarding free agency, trades, the draft, all kinds of stuff we're going to be getting into. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane over on Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA. Keith Smith is with me at Keith Smith NBA. Before we dive into anything else, though, really quick, game three, the front office show cast is back. We are going to be live during game three of Celtics versus Warriors. That's coming up Wednesday night. I'm going to put the link in the description. You can come watch our stream of the game, and we're going to be talking basketball directly with you it's a lot of fun, so come join us for Game 3 of the NBA Finals. I had to get that in there because I knew I was going to forget if I didn't. Oh, boy, it's going to be a lot of fun. Keith, how are you doing, man? How are you holding up, particularly after uh, after Game 2? I'm good, man. They they did their job. They got one out of two in uh, the Bay Area. I think it's um, – I've been saying this all day, and it's funny. I've had a lot of people come back with like, huh, I guess I didn't really think about it that way. If it was flipped. And the Celtics had gotten destroyed in game one, like they did in game two, but then came back and won game two and we're going home. Wouldn't the storyline be, oh, Boston figured some stuff out. They've got all the momentum now going home. It just went the other way. And it's, I, I, I guess these playoffs more so with this particular version of the Celtics have taught me don't get too high, don't get too low, because when they look really good, they tend to follow it up with kind of a stinker when they look really, when they, when they lose, they look like how did this team even make the playoffs? Mm. They tend to look really bad. And then they come back with, you know, generally one of their best efforts. So I'm not, I I don't know. I, I, I don't feel like I know anything more about how this series is going to go. Other than I think it's going to be close and it's going to be a long uh, series all the way through. So I'm not, uh, you know, going one way or the other as far as freaking out or, you know, celebrating. I, you know, I just feel like, hey, they, they went out, they took home court advantage away, and now now they get to hold it back in Boston. Yeah, I mean, it, we're, we're very – I mean, just in general, we're reactionary in, in the sports world. It's what happens. What, what is the most recent thing that occurred? We have that recency bias that certainly comes into effect here. But, you're right, I mean, they, they did what they were supposed to do. The In game one, you saw the Warriors make their third quarter push, and then the Celtics responded. 
in game two, the Warriors made their third quarter push and made sure it was just such an insane run that there was no real way to respond. And the Celtics, of course, you know, they they had their own shortcomings in, in that quarter. And then, you know, the game was pretty much over from there. But like we said after game one, this doesn't mean the series is over. Same thing here after game two. This doesn't mean the series is over. There is a long way to go. We saw a number of blowouts in the playoffs this year, only to have teams bounce back from them. So I think we've got a ways to go. I put out there on Twitter, I think that what we're going to see happen with this series, I think we see Boston split one and one, and then whoever wins game five splits, wins wins the whole thing. That's, that's my guess as to what I mean. That's, that's not some crazy hot take because a lot of series wind up like that where game five is really the, the pivotal game. But that's kind of the way I see this going is that this is going to be pretty close from here on out, even if each game individually may not be all that close. I mm-hmm. think the series itself will stay pretty close in terms of the the record. It's one and one right now. I think we're going to leave Boston two and two, and then we've got a best of three series and, and then off we go. Yeah, neither one of these teams is at all concerned about playing on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, now, yeah, we are going to see you know a Celtics crowd that's going to be absolutely you know, <laughs> roaring mm-hmm. um, Wednesday. It's like they're going to be you know, uh, kind of out of their minds, ready uh, for for that game. I think when I picked Celtics in six, you kind of start. Or what's the path to get there? And the path I mapped out in my own head was win one of these first two. Then win the two at home, then you lose game five, the Warriors stay alive, and then you win game six back back in Boston and celebrate in front of the home fans. Do I expect that's how it's gonna go? No, not necessarily. I just that's that's a path I think that could come up. But yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, if we're in, in game five and we're in one of these situations where it's like, all right, you know, the ball's in the air to decide it at the end of the game. That that's how you know close this this series is. Cause I think these teams are pr- pretty good. I know, you know, we saw the Celtics kind of you know really run away with it by the end of game one. Mm-hmm. Warriors ran away with it in the second half in game two, and it was just one of those things where it was like, all right, and I think both coaches are pretty smart too to say, yeah, forget it. Like I'm waving the white flag here. This is not worth it uh, to continue to push, push guys, you know, as, as much as we are. So yeah. Interesting though. The Warriors definitely made some changes. They changed some defensive coverages and matchups and all that, but yeah, we're, we're it's, it, promise we're not ducking it this is just not what we do here is you know super in-depth breakdown on games and all that stuff where we're going to hit it off the top and then what we're going to get into uh you know a bunch of news topics i gotta hit you with one thing though yeah that i I don't know why this hit me but i was watching the darvin ham press conference Uh and i thought if we ever for any reason had to change the name of the show we need to change it to green eggs and ham I, I, oh, that would be pretty okay. Because the green, because yeah. the Celtics yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Doctor Seuss's uh, estate may have something to say say yeah. about that, but 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 I, I do like it. He's from Massachusetts. It's okay. So oh yeah, oh, yeah there you go. Celtics guy down <laughs> deep down. Yeah, that just that occurred to me while I was watching. Those are the kind of things I think about when I'm watching uh you know press conferences. I, I got to tell you a little aside here that, that you just made me think of. And this is, again, we're already going off the rails here. But, <laughs> but one topic in um, <laughs> the other day. So, my daughter is all into the planets right now. And, and she's been getting into, you know, the different the order of the planets and, and all sure. that kind of stuff, the different planets and, and everything. And um, 
And we were talking about the origins of like the planet Jupiter and where the name comes from and stuff. And I was going into mythology and all that. And I, I jumped into, into Zeus and I said, and she's five. And I said, have you ever heard of Zeus before? And she said, well, yeah, Dr. Zeus. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> and I said, I said, that's close, but, but no, that's, that's not it. That's Did you not see it. that planet they discovered that rains lava at night? No. Did you see that? Yeah, it was it was all over Twitter the other day. It's some uh, long range telescope discovered this exoplanet that uh, rains lava at nighttime, which is just wild. I I don't even you know. All right, enough. But you know, tune in uh, to our other show, Space Talk. With <laughs> can the Avengers go there? Because that would be awesome. Maybe they should. So a bunch of people are like, so it's Mustafar, right? With Obi Wan being being back in the uh, consciousness now, uh, right. right now with that show. So yeah, but all right, all right, get us back on track. Let's, okay, let's, let's, let's are, talk. Are you, good? are you good with Warriors Celtics? We I mean, yeah, I I don't have a ton to add unless we wanted to get super deep into it, and I think we've got too many news items to talk about to spend a ton of time on that. Okay, let's let's get to the news then. Get to the news. Big news, of course. Quinn Snyder resigns from the Utah Jazz officially. I mean, it's felt like this has been coming for yeah. a while now. Um, th there's been uncertainty, but now officially he is leaving the Utah Jazz. I said what's probably going to happen is he's going to take a year off and then he's going to pop up. Well, pop up for Greg, Greg Popovich. That was unintentional. Yeah. That's um, where we've both been for months. Now. Yeah, that's yep. right. Yeah. He's yeah. Uh, he'll, he'll land there when, uh, when eventually Greg Popovich leaves, but uh, what are your thoughts on, on him deciding to walk away from you? It's not often. I mean, there's only so many head coaching jobs in the in the NBA for somebody to say when, when a team is trying to extend them and give them more money for somebody to say, no, thank you. So what's your take on this situation? Yeah, I think it's these coaches are being very realistic. Of course, I'm going to compare it back to the Brad Stevens situation a little bit where when Danny Ainge was made it clear he was going to move on after the season, which we've subsequently found out he he had let some people know kind of in the, the early springtime mm -hmm. um, that he was done when the Celtics season was over I think what we are seeing is uh, yeah well let me finish that thought in that case um, Stevens they, they had said like no matter who we hire like it's a condition like you stay on as coach and then Steven said you know eh, well what do we think about this and kind of talked about you know maybe we I should move into the front office mm -hmm. and I think what the coaches realize is there's you have to be super special like Greg Popovich or something like that Eric Spolster in Miami to have to stay as long as you want to stay. And I think they realize like, unless you're consistently kind of getting over the mountaintop and you've built up that gravitas, eight years is a long time for people yeah. to hear one voice and to hear one you know, person kind of leading you day in and day out. I think, you know, people forget in the organization every day from late September when training camp opens. And if you're fortunate enough to play into, you know, late April, May, June, that's the one guy you're hearing constantly. And that, that can be really tough, you know, on, on players and the like. So I think it's, um, you know, I think Quinn Snyder read it of, man, we might be headed in a different direction here. Uh, if we slip any more this next year, I may not be the candidate that I once was. So 
yeah, maybe it is time to step away. It's also too, he's had hip surgery. So who knows where he's at physically, you know, he may be ready to just, you know, take a little bit of downtime, but I'm with you. I think takes that downtime and then, you know, let's see what happens with pop in San Antonio. Maybe he's the one who, who slides in and takes over for him there. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Um, and we'll see who the, the Utah Jazz turn to as their new head coach. There's already a list of names. Of course, Terry Stotts popped up, you know, some of the mm-hmm. names that have popped up on previous head coaching searches and, and things like that. But um, but now the Utah Jazz have got. Well, I mean, let's let's talk about this real quick. So sure. from an organizational perspective, this is the front office show after all. Teams don't want to be rushed in their head coaching search. That's what we hear pretty frequently. And, and of course, they shouldn't, because this is somebody who ideally is going to be in that job for three, four, maybe eight years. You don't, you don't know. Yeah. You want to get this right. But we are just weeks away from the draft. It's usually ideal to have your head coach have a say in, in your draft process and then free agency as well, which, again, you want your head coach to have a voice in that situation. So organizationally, what do the Utah Jazz do here? Do you try to fast-track things? Do you, do you not worry about having the coach's input in those situations? From that front office perspective, how should they approach this? Yeah, Danny Ainge was actually asked about that today in the press conference of, you know, I forget. I, I apologize because I don't remember who asked it. I don't remember exactly the way it was phrased, but it was essentially like, how quickly are you going to hire mm-hmm. a coach? And and he said a lot of what you said is like, it's not a decision you rush. You need to be you know, true to the process. But he also owned like we you know got an off season to map out and plan, and you know, we wanted to get moving. And he did say I've got I've got a few candidates in mind. Um, then he very quickly added, none of whom I know. Um, so it was with that. So let's take the Brad Stevens stuff out of the mix. He's not leaving the Celtics to right. go coach the Jazz. Also, I know you made a joke about it on Twitter, but I saw people for real suggesting Quinn Snyder's not going to go be Darvin Ham's oh, lead no. assistant. That's not a thing that happens. All just because Jason Kidd kind of did it with Frank Vogel and a couple other guys have taken that were former coaches have taken jobs. Not those guys were not the high profile coaches. That, that do that. There were guys who needed to kind of, all right, I got to rebuild a little bit here mm-hmm. to get, to get, get myself in a, in a spot here to get back up. So let's just, you know, kind of, or there was a pre existing relationship like Mike D'Antoni doing it for Steve Nash. Sure. That was a, you know, Hey, I'll come on and help you along in your first year as a coach. So, um, but all that aside, yeah, I mean, my guess is right. One of the, one of the uh, uh, people mentioned is Johnny Bryant. Clearly, they have a familiarity with him. He's a jazz assistant. Terry Stott's uh, body of work is well-known out there. But we're hearing a whole bunch of other names be thrown out there. Uh, Will Hardy, who's one of the Celtics assistants, as has been mentioned. Um, he's a guy who's uh, been kind of kind of the, the like tertiary candidate on these yeah. lists. Of, you know, he never really seems to get to the final round, but he's somebody whose name's mentioned a lot in this. I'm missing some of the other guys um, for the sake of time here. But it is um, – my guess is week, week and a half, they'll have this wrapped up, especially since it looks like the Hornets, who have the only other opening, are coming down to decision time there as well. Well, let's um, well, let's stay with the Jazz. We'll, yeah, talk, about the, the Jazz, yeah. we'll talk about the Hornets in a little bit. But, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see how the, this process all plays out. Uh, like you said, it probably should be a little bit sooner rather than later because of the big decisions that are coming up in the draft and, and in free agency. But uh, again, Utah, they've got some they've got some choices to make out there. And on the, the Quinn Snyder thing, yeah, look, if you look at what Jason Kidd did, that was kind of a prove it type situation, right? I liken it to like Juju Smith-Schuster, who landed with the Kansas City Chiefs on a one-year deal. Juju Smith-Schuster is a bigger name than that, but he was 
kind of been knocked down a little bit, dealt with some injuries last season, wasn't quite his old self and everything. So now he needs to go somewhere and boost his value back up again before he can really get that, that big contract. You're kind of doing that as a, a head coach like Jason Kidd went to be the lead assistant for Frank Bogle to raise his stock once again so he could become a head coach. That's not the case of Quinn Snyder. If Quinn Snyder yeah. wants a job, there's jobs out there for him. He just has to say yes. Yeah, I mean, if Quinn Snyder said, you know, let it be known, hey, Hornets, I know you're down to your final two here, but I'm interested, guess what? It'd be a final three real yep. quick uh -huh. uh, involved there. So, yeah, this is not a not a thing here. Um, I did see a couple of people say, you know, I, you know, I think it's just people who want to be unhappy, but, you know, man, the Lakers just should have stayed patient a couple more days. They're fine. We're going to talk about uh, Darvin Ham in a couple minutes here, but, yep. um, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I, I don't, you know, I, 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 I don't know that Quinn was the direction for the Lakers necessarily. Um, there, I don't know that the Lakers were the best direction for Quinn Snyder either. I think, um, you know, I, I think all around, you know, they, they, everybody's kind of, you know, done well here. And, you know, Quinn Snyder will, will reemerge as a coach as soon as he wants to be a coach again. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, let's jump to what this means for Donovan Mitchell. Um, there was a report from Woj that he is unnerved, Donovan Mitchell is, by this. Which, how are you on? Like, this has been out there <laughs> yeah. for, for what, like a month at least? If you and I have been talking about it for a month, then either Donovan Mitchell was off the grid entirely for the last <laughs> month or like come on you're really you know caught off guard here yeah like, like how is this can't that can't be real but but then that goes to okay read between the lines yes. why is this being put out there is this donovan mitchell in his camp making it known that maybe he's not the happiest of campers there in in utah and then you can kind of see why something because he can't really be that shocked that, <laughs> no. that this happened no, Donovan Mitchell's not an idiot. Um, I'd be very surprised if uh, I think this is uh, Donovan Mitchell letting it be known of, hey, when you're gonna talk about the next head coaches, I, you know, maybe just a phone call. Yeah, sure. let the, you know, let's make sure I'm I'm okay. You know, with, with the thought process here on that one. So yeah, it's a uh, yeah. I don't want um you know anybody to get too crazy on on this this front that he was really caught off guard. Yeah, but I I did think the wording there was funny and that was very much a oh okay all right let's all right what well, why is this being said and being said now okay <laughs> here we go. Well, and the word is too that the Jazz have pretty much said no to any teams that have called about Donovan Mitchell in a trade yeah. and that That's if they were to Tony Jones of the Athletic. Right, and he also said that it would take a monstrous offer um, to get to, to get Donovan Mitchell. So they're not looking at moving him um, unless something you know crazy happened, which should always be the stance for every player, right? Like, no, we won't trade that guy. 
unless some, somebody does something stupid and it offers I can think of a couple that shouldn't be a uh, <laughs> I mean <laughs> I mean maybe but I mean for the, for no, the most yes, part I, just about every good player yes that yeah. should be your default should be yo no you need to blow us away no we're not going to have a conversation with you you come with your you know come with your first best last and we'll we'll discuss all at once right yeah exactly and this, that's going to come into play later with a little story that we've got on the sacramento kings and their draft pick we'll get to that in just a moment though uh rudy gobert it he is appears to be very much on the market very much available mm-hmm few teams that are after him already the uh, the toronto raptors being one of them what i mean this is a big contract for a guy that some people still say can get played off the floor come playoff time is limited sure. offensively isn't a creator but is an incredible defender so i don't know how wide the market is going to be for gobert i know teams want him but from a roster building standpoint can you make a championship caliber team with Rudy Gobert making over $40 million per season. Yeah. And I'm glad you phrased it that way versus can you build a championship contender with Rudy Gobert? Because it's not, because clearly you can. Yeah. If you can't make a really good team with a guy who is every single year, a top three defensive player, then, then you, you have no business being around the game of basketball. Mm-hmm. This guy is really, really good. Um, it's the salary that becomes tricky because what you're essentially paying him to be is a one-dimensional, you know, dominant defender, which we don't often see that being what teams pay for mm-hmm. in the NBA. And, and to be clear to, to where, where I think you were going a little bit is, he has four years, $169.6 million. Uh, left on his contract so that's that's a big and he's, change he's 30 so, as i recall uh he is let, let's see i've got it pulled up here i think he's at least 30 right uh he turns 30 at the end of this month right so, so he's heading into month. his yeah, his age 30 season so i mean that's a factor too when we're looking at yeah. this contract you yeah. know he's going to be on the wrong side of 30 here for the the bulk yeah. of what's left and and I don't worry quite as much about that as I used to, right? Because we see guys are lasting deeper and deeper into their careers with the mm-hmm. way they take care of themselves and all those kind of things. But the reality is, more importantly, is Rudy Gobert is what he is. There's no, well, what if he develops a three-point shot? Like that's not happening at this mm-hmm. point in his career, right? Where that's not happening. Could he be, you know, more heavily utilized offensively? Hundred percent. I, I I still continue to be baffled. By the fact that this guy can eat up Team USA as an offensive weapon (laughs) every year (laughs) in all these competitions. And then in, you know, the NBA, it's like there's Rudy Gobert's seven points per game or whatever it is like that doesn't make sense to me. And it hasn't for a long time. But anyway, going back um, to to this, uh, one of the rumors that's out there from Kevin O'Connor at the Ringers, the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, that makes me wonder if the Bulls are looking at it a little bit of, hey, we're going to pay Levine. And we're going to have DeRozan. We need somebody who can clean clean up the messes behind them you mm-hmm. know, as, as uh, we, we go. And I wonder if they're looking at it as we want to go where we want to go. We got to get through Joel Embiid. 
We got to get through some of these other teams that can score the ball, whether it be Boston or Brooklyn or Milwaukee and Giannis. We got to have somebody back there that can kind of protect the rim for us. So I do wonder if that's one of the things where we're kind of um, seeing out of this is, is that, that where they're going to go with, um, you know, with a trade and obviously it would cost them Vucevic, but I'm guessing they're kind of down on Vuce. And then if you're the jazz, why would you be interested? Well, Vuce is a nice replacement for Gobert for a year. And then he's off the books and you could kind of really reset things then with basically Donovan Mitchell and not much else on your books. And you could do a major reset of your roster if that's the way it went. Which probably appeals to some degree to Danny Ainge. I mean, the bulk of this team, well, I mean, this whole team really was not put in place by him. So he's got, you know, this would give him a lot of flexibility moving forward. Mm -hmm. Uh, What's what's that deal, though? Vucevic and, and what? I don't know. Uh, let's 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 play. Let's look. Um, I, I mean, don't know. Is, is do... Patrick Williams unreasonable to include there? Yeah, or? I wouldn't do. I would not do that from the Bulls side. Yeah. Um, Vooch and Kobe White, though, I would do, especially mm-hmm. if I'm keeping Levine, because then you've already got Ball, Caruso, Levine, DeRozan, uh, Io Desunmu. Yeah, Vooch. Do Vooch and Kobe White and see where it goes. Right, just. You may make that the basis of your your proposal there with, with that. All right. Maybe something gets worked out and we do see Rudy Gobert in another lo- location starting next My year. My guess is we don't, though. I, 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 think they bring, I think they bring him and Mitchell back, new coach, try one more go. Maybe they make make moves with the pieces around Boyan Bogdanovich, also mentioned to be uh, heavily uh, sought after in trades, which makes sense. Go look at Boyan yep. Bogdanovich's stats. They're pretty good um, yep. as an offensive player, and he's never been as bad of a defender as people make him out to be. He's always kind of held his own a little bit more than than, than people think. So, yeah, I, my, my guess is it's one, one more run. Let's see. You know, yep. New coach, you know, can, can that guy unlock these two as a duo and you know push things forward? Forward, but but yeah, that definitely it feels a little weird. The Jazz have felt kind of like they picked up that Spurs mantle of team stability yep. of like you know what they're going to be and they're fine. And now there's all this turmoil around them, and that's you know, but it comes for everybody eventually. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, every team hits their breaking point, and we talked about it a bunch this last season that this was probably it for this iteration of the Jazz that they didn't get it done this year. There were going to be major changes coming, and and that's where yep. we're at now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of bigs. That are on their way out. DeAndre Ayton looks like his time with the Phoenix Suns is most likely going to come to the to the end here. Uh, John Hollinger said he's expecting him to be moved on, or at least more likely than not that he'll uh, he'll get sent elsewhere. Now he is a restricted free agent, or will be a restricted free agent, and so that means we're probably talking a sign and trade here. But if the Suns really aren't willing to pay him a max salary, and that's essentially what we've heard, and maybe there were some personality issues there as well as we saw with Monty Williams. Um, in the playoffs, other teams will pay him that max. And so that tends to suggest that, yeah, some other team is going to step up and say, we'll pay you. His agent is going to push to be moved to that team, and then we're going to be hearing about trade talks. Uh, What can the Suns realistically get for Aiden if uh, if it's a sign-and-trade scenario? Our team's going to be willing to give up. Because if you're a a team bringing him in, you've got to be willing to trigger a hard cap, give up stuff, and pay Aiden a max contract. Those are a lot of a box to check there. So, what are your thoughts on on a potential return? And that makes it finding a trade hard. Yeah, um, I am very reluctant to criticize our uh, you know uh, 
media brethren um, for for some of the things that they do with fake trades. But you got to take them with a major grain of salt because mm-hmm. there are some shows I listen to, um, and I listen to all of them, um, where it's like that's illegal. That's illegal. I was in the car the other day. It was one of the <laughs> last can't days do that. of school. Yeah, it was one of the last days of school pickup where I was literally screaming at the radio going, that's not allowed. Like that would never happen. Um, so you just, you, you, meanwhile, the teachers that are out there doing pickup duty are looking around like, Oh, no, I was, I wasn't we, there yet. <laughs> I wasn't there yet. Yeah. They, we they would be a like, child to this man. <laughs> funny. I'll tell a quick funny aside. Um, one day, one of the, ladies came and some depends on who's out there for, for the teachers and the staff. Sometimes they'll come and open the doors for the kids mm-hmm. uh, to get them in the car. Um, mostly because, because our daughter's older and perfectly capable of opening the door herself. Um, they don't do that, but this one teacher came and I was actually doing a radio appearance and my daughter knows if she hears me talking to just be quiet and this teacher opened the door and she's like, what, what was that? Huh? What? Well, what do you oh, say? No. And I was in my daughter finally goes, he's on the radio. Shh. <laughs> so it was kind of funny. But um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, back That's to DeAndre. Awesome. There's also base year compensation, which makes oh, a big yes. mess of this too, mm-hmm. because um, he's going to get, assuming he gets something near the max, he's going to get a big enough raise that it's going to trigger the base year compensation, which then makes him count essentially for only half of uh, what, what his salary will be um, outgoing in a trade. So it's very, very complicated unless you rope in a team that has cap space as kind of a facilitator um, in a deal or Detroit. You, you, you're Detroit potentially. I and, and I think Detroit's one of the teams that maybe would like to have him just mm-hmm. directly. And if you've got cap space, then the base year compensation stuff kind of goes out the window because yeah. you're not really trying to match that or you're going to use your cap space to bring in the player. And being hard capped also doesn't really matter. That's the the, the uh, Pacers are in that same boat as well. And we do know they had at least some interest. I continue to believe that this will be a sign and trade because the Suns they're too good to lose eight and four nothing. Yeah. They need to get something back to help them along the way. Um, if they could link up with the Pacers and do something where they got uh, Miles Turner back, because there's no reason for the Pacers to keep Turner and Aiden. You, right. What do we do? Why are you rebuilding the Turner Sabonis pairing? That, that already <laughs> proved it didn't work. Um, then, man, that's go like let's let's make something happen there and really figure that out. There, a couple people have thrown at me. What about Jeremy Grant? From the Pistons. Yeah, maybe-ish. I mean, that gives you Grant, Crowder, Bridges. You've got kind of all the big, big switchy wings. Problem is, none of those guys can really play small ball five. And then you get a little bit messy of playing them all together in enough minutes. But, you know, that's something you just kind of say, hey, Monty Williams, figure that out. You know, yeah. as you go um, with that. But, yeah, I, I I do believe he'll be somewhere else next year. I don't think he's going to be back in Phoenix. They're just not going to lose him for nothing because it's that, that would be – that's a, you know, I don't like to talk about players this way, but that is complete mismanagement of an asset if you do that. 100%. 100% agree. Uh, All right, let's jump over to the Hornets. Michael Jordan is now getting involved in the head coaching process, which tells you that it's coming to a conclusion. That's usually the stage in which ownership gets involved. So when you're at the end, Michael Jordan is going to meet with Mike D'Antoni and Kenny Atkinson. We've heard Kenny Atkinson is in the lead, but again, D'Antoni, his offense would be a lot of fun uh, with the Hornets as well. So, I mean, I think you've got two good candidates here for very different reasons. Yep. And uh, it'll be interesting to see ultimately which way Jordan goes, particularly since 
we've heard Atkinson is in the lead. If D'Antoni suddenly gets the job, that tells you Jordan probably shifted the, the trajectory of these of this uh, this hiring process. So something to keep an eye on there. But uh, but like I said, I think there's pros and cons to either of them, and you can make an argument why either of these guys would be the best fit for the Hornets. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I think these are two uh, good coaches. We talked about this a couple shows ago, really wanted to uh, what each guy could do. Does it ever still feel weird to you to talk about Michael Jordan, the owner, versus yeah. just – like it almost it's almost like there's he's two different people mm-hmm. right like like there's michael jordan the player and then there, there's michael jordan the owner like icon like i don't know just sometimes that seems weird to me like really this is the, like i don't know i guess I'm, I'm just living in the past and i still think of him as the, as the player no i do i do the same thing it's weird to to think of him in that role but here we are oh my gosh i gotta say this this has got nothing to do with any of this Somebody tweeted out the other day, Tyler Ford Jr.'s, um, uh, TJ Ford Jr.'s um, highlights from like an AAU game or something. And I'm like, no, we're not. Like, TJ Ford can't have kids old enough to be like coming up into like. He was in in the league not that long ago. Yeah, like this is not a thing. How long is it? I mean, it's probably been a little while, but like, yeah, I I can't. Yeah, I can't. I can't do that. Like I can't, that stuff makes like, I'm already, I feel old pretty regularly almost every morning when I wake up and my back hurts, but like no, no TJ Ford, like kid, like coming up and pushing in closer to the NBA. Like TJ Ford is 39 and hasn't played in the NBA in 10 years. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, he was done early because he had that, that neck, neck yeah. uh, issue, like ended his career early, unfortunately. But yeah, just say he's st- that's I don't know. I'm not I mean, no, no more NBA players that like I I clearly remember like being drafted. Like, yeah, that's what like it Shaq's is. kid. Like they're talking about how uh, Shaquille O'Neal's son's going to be in the draft this year. Like, I, yep. I don't know. No, no more of that. Like, please, <laughs> for the love of God, like, old, old enough yeah. as it is. <laughs> yeah. All right. Down a little bit here. Speaking of former players here, Rasheed Wallace to the Lakers. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Kinda. Yeah. Sorta. Yes. And then, and then maybe no because of context. (laughs) Yeah. So let's be clear. (laughs) Let's get into what happened a little bit here. (laughs) There's a story that broke out of Memphis. Uh, It's someone a Memphis reporter had interviewed. Interviewed Penny Hardaway, who's the coach at Memphis. And Rasheed Wallace uh, was an assistant coach. Where Wallace was an assistant coach. And then, to be clear, this is the uh, University of Memphis. Mm-hmm. Um, and Penny Hardaway uh, basically said in that interview, yeah, Rasheed's on his way to L.A. to join Darvin Ham's staff. Um, and then uh, that got picked up and reported. And then uh, uh, very, very quickly refuted as being a done deal. But my guess is it's just a matter of 
getting there and getting things signed and agreed to. And, and uh, yeah, well, we'll have Sheed back, back in our lives on an NBA bench. I'm, I'm very curious to see what that uh, looks like because this is a guy who is uh, uh, not, not, not very well known for controlling his temper. No, um, during he he is the direct reason we have uh, technical foul suspensions. Um, right. let, let no one tell you it was anybody different. It was it was one hundred percent Rasheed Wallace because he had like forty something one year where he absolutely went berserk on everybody. Can I, I just want there to be like at, I I keep thinking Staples Center, Crypto.com Arena, in the arena they need to set up something where every time there is a questionable call and the player misses the free throw on the opposing team, we need the soundbite of Rashid Wallace saying ball don't lie. If he winds yeah, up there, it, it has, it's a must, right? I he mean, must. every time you see it right on, on Twitter, there's a like questionable call, then you immediately see a million ball don't lie. Yep. You know, uh, replies on Twitter. Yeah, no, they absolutely should do that. that that'd be pretty funny. Cause that's pretty, uh, that, that that's pretty like next level trolling. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're seeing teams, teams are leaning, more heavily into stuff like that on, on a pretty regular basis. So yeah, can I can I say something too? Mm. And maybe I'm going to yeah. be insulting here. What in the then world no. is San Francisco Chowder? I've never even heard of this nonsense. San Francisco there's, Chowder? Yeah, there's this whole thing going on where the Warriors are playing the Celtics. Of what's the better Chowder, San Francisco Chowder or Boston Clam Chowder or New England Clam Chowder? As it's more more commonly known, I've heard of Manhattan Clam Chowder, which is absolutely disgusting and gross. Um, but San Francisco Chowder, what are we talking about? This isn't a thing. Like, there's New England Clam Chowder, and that's it. Sorry, that's my that, my. I had to let my Boston come out fully at some point, and it came out with with the chow with the chowder talk. <laughs> I was gonna say you're not saying it right. Um, <laughs> I'm I, I'm not a fan of chowder, so I, I don't know. I didn't realize this was this was a a thing. This was a, a rivalry or anything like that. But um, yeah, Fair, you know how the mayors of the cities do the bets. Yep. Apparently that was the bet. Like it's you know we'll send you a bunch of our uh, chowder before mm-hmm. you or you send us a bunch of yours and you know and I was like nobody who wants this whatever this San Francisco nonsense is no one's gonna eat that garbage. So yeah, and I love clam chowder, but I only eat it at home. I won't eat it anywhere else. That's just oh. a quirk of mine. <laughs> I love well, it. But- like are you talking about in your house? No, You're like at in, home in, New in in Boston. Yeah, when I say okay. home, it's almost always going to be I'm I'm talking about home in in the house. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm like thinking you you make a a, a really good type of. Chowder I actually can make pretty good clam chowder. The problem is getting the right kind of clams and all that. But yeah, check out our third podcast, Food Talk, <laughs> Chowder Based chowder episode chowder with, with Trevor and Keith. Trevor um, and Keith talking chowder. <laughs> yeah, I would be I would be so much help there as the the non chowder <laughs> fan here. Um, what what were your thoughts on uh, on Darvin Ham's uh, presser? Yeah, I thought he hit all the right notes. Right, I mean it's it. I only those things only ever raise my eyes if it's like, oh, that didn't sound good. Um, I mean, the Russell Westbrook stuff was a little, I guess, noteworthy ish of you know. Nothing he said was wrong. Russ is an all-time great player in the league, but yeah, I thought I thought he did a did a pretty good job. He I thought he seemed um, very confident without mm-hmm. being um, you know over the top. It wasn't a lot of rah rah like you know let's go stuff. I thought he did a good job. You have to be very cautious 
with teams like the Celtics, the Lakers, the you know a handful of other teams, you ha- you kind of have to pay homage to the history in the yeah. right way because otherwise people or people get turned off. But if you go too far with it, it's a little like for everybody else who's not a fan of that franchise, it's a little like, all right, come on. I thought he did a really good job walking that line of, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, w- with that. So yeah, I, I, you know, I thought he hit hit everything well. Not nothing left me from that uh, introductory press conference coming away saying. Ooh, that's a little con- concerning. Um, which that th- that happens about one out of every ten times, and then you then you know, and then you you know, kind of it generally doesn't work out so well. Um, but more often than not, you know, guys do well in those situations. Well, and you have to remember too, like the Russell Westbrook comments. Russ was like thirty feet away, like he's he's there, and but like he's staring right at him as he's being asked. Is Russ even going to be on this team? <laughs> Imagine if he was like, nah, he sucks, dude. Yeah, right? I mean, he can't, <laughs> he can't play anymore. Yeah. And then I could imagine like Russ being like, you want to play one-on-one right now? Let's go. You know, like that would have been pretty funny. But yeah, I yeah. mean, that's, you know, sometimes you ask, it's, 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 this is when you feel a little bit bad for the reporters because uh, you sit there and all these, we've both been in this situation where it's like, damn it nobody else has asked this yeah it has to be asked like and you know you're probably only getting one question in those types types of situations and it's like all right well if they don't ask like i gotta ask it the one oh it always got me is like we played this game like uh celtic space reporters this one everybody was on zoom of like like it was almost like everybody would hold out on asking for injury updates because it was like you're gonna waste your one opportunity right. asking about injury updates when you know it needs to be asked, but nobody wants to be the one to ask it. So sometimes it'd be like the last or next to last question, and right. be like, "All right, fine, I'll do it. I'll use my question on that. I'll get my my real thing for a story later, um, in another way." But yeah, I it's it's yeah, somebody had to ask like, "Yo, what about Russ?" And you know, and they didn't. I thought he handled it well. Yeah, I, I I thought he did as well, um, making it sound more and more like Russell Westbrook will be back with the Lakers. But again, like we've been saying, you can't come out and say, oh, no, well, yeah. you know, my system, it doesn't really work with Russ, so we really <laughs> need to trade him. No, I yeah. mean, Rob Palenka would probably just, I, I don't know, he would fall into some sort of biblical anecdote or something like that to try to explain <laughs> away whatever Darvin Hammond said, because you can't do that. You can't put yourself in that in that situation leverage-wise or anything else. But uh, But it sounds like he is planning to have him next season, so. We'll see. And, and and the thing is, too, if you are finding a situation where it is like, yeah, there's nothing out there that's not going to be very damaging for us to do a deal. We've got to bring them back. I then you know what? You at least give it another shot and try to make it work. Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe Darvin Ham does have a plan where you can make it work in a slightly different way. I'm going to ask you, what is what is the general like feel for Lakers fans about this now that it is like fully official and uh, like, what is the general consensus from Lakers fans on this hire on Darvin him? They, they yeah. like it. Yeah. Okay. Lakers fans in general, like it. He was by far, by far the favorite of the three that were out there. And I think part of that is the mystery, right? Because you kind of sure. know what Kenny Atkinson is, you know what Terry Stotts mm-hmm. is, but, uh, but Darvin him was by far the favorite. Uh, and um, they're they're excited right now about oh, what he great. can potentially bring to the team. So I, I think it's a good thing he's got fan support right now for sure. I thought too. I did think one thing that was notable was um, I felt like he went maybe a little out of his way to um, uh, pump up Anthony Davis a little mm-hmm. bit a couple times. Like he involved Anthony Davis in a couple answers to 
things that weren't really Anthony Davis centric questions. And I thought that was, that was, um, you know, good to hear as well. And, and, and I get it. Anthony Davis was awful last year, mm-hmm. but it's not, I have to see a whole nother half a season at least of that level of play to believe that's what Anthony Davis is now. Like I just said, I just think he had a bad year. I think he had a bad year in a year where everything went sideways for the Lakers. And, you know, I, I continue to believe, you know, there's no reason why Anthony Davis is all of a sudden this. Like, I think, you know, he's probably going to get back on track in a big way next season. So, you know, good, good to you know kind of see that come out of the presser as well. Yeah, yeah. Ham is going to rely on him a lot, especially on the defensive end of the floor. Yeah. All right. Uh, the Blazers, just to move move forward here, the Blazers are interested in Miles Bridges and John Collins. So the Blazers, I think, are going to get connected to just about everybody out there. We've yeah. already heard Jeremy Grant potentially landing with them. They are, it's well known, they're going to try to take the stuff they got at the trade deadline, and they're going to try to uh, turn that into a contending team this season around Damian Lillard. That means they're going to have to go out there and land some talent. Uh, I think they're an interesting team in the Zach Levine situation as a landing mm-hmm. spot because there's so much duplication there between Damian Lillard, Zach Levine, Anthony Simons. Feels like you're kind of getting back into the C.J. McCollum thing. There's some differences, of course, but sure. um, but we look at a Miles Bridges, particularly a, a John Collins, who can who can be the four for you there. Um, some interesting options out there. I don't know that they're going to be able to actually land either of these guys, but just mm-hmm. kind of keep in mind the Blazers are expected to be one of the more active teams out there on the market this year and they will be buying not selling yeah all sorts of flexibility for portland too because they can play this a couple different ways they they can either be a cap space team that that operates with a ton of cap space which means Mm -hmm. basically you're clearing the books of everybody except for simons um or they can stay over the cap. They can keep their, their trade exception. Um, you know, they, they could even get involved in some sign and trades. Bridges would probably have to involve being a cap space team and then giving him a full max offer sheet. And I'm still not fully sold that would get him. Um, yeah. The Hornets may need to, to match that thing. It gets that kind of money gets a little nervous for me with miles bridges, especially for the Hornets side where you've got Gordon Hayward on the books already. And you've got an extension already looming for LaMelo ball uh, here in a couple seasons. But I do think, um, you know, he really did blossom into a great player uh, this year. And I mean, I, I continue, I know he had a down season, but I love John Collins and I think any team that could go get him, um, that would be you know, an absolute you know, home run. If you could, could get him i i i think though i wonder if you were getting into the territory where you got to blow the hawks away to to get him Might be. I think, yeah i think the hawks are they're going to do some moves to i mean travis slink as much as said so like we stood bad we shouldn't have um but i th- think we'll see you know some changes for sure uh coming out of that one but yeah i i, I Portland's going to be a really fun team to watch the the this summer because there's just so many different ways they can go Absolutely. Uh, Bobby Portis. Let's talk about him a little bit. Yeah. It's like he's probably staying with the box. Makes sense. He was essentially, he was the starter for much of the season with Brooke Lopez dealing with injuries. Fits well there. The fans love him there. He's produced. Uh, I wonder what the price tag is going to be, but sounds like he, uh, he is uh, wanting to stick with, with Milwaukee. It's a good fit for him, uh, a good mm-hmm. fit for the team. And this is the kind of thing that makes sense as long as you can agree on a number. Yeah, so let's talk about that because this is a fun little salary cap uh, process here for Bobby Portis. He signed a uh, one-year deal uh, two seasons ago, or a two-year deal with a player option uh, via, I believe he got the biannual exception uh, from the Bucs a couple of seasons ago. Then he opted out 
Then they re-signed him with the very, very you know, minuscule raise that they could give him, but to another two-year deal with a player option. Because then what happens is he opts out again. Now they have early bird rights. You don't need full bird rights for a guy like Bobby Portis because he's not going to make anywhere near max money. He's not a $20 million a year player. You just got to be able to get into the range if you need to, if you're Milwaukee, give him $10, $12 million a year, and then you feel pretty good about it. And I think for the box after they – Lost P.J. Tucker, and that loomed huge in that Celtics series that they didn't have P.J. Tucker. Um, they're not going to let Portis slip away. They're, they're going to yeah. get get that deal deal done and get him uh, signed there. And I'm guessing you know somewhere in that $10, $11, 12000000 million annual value range is what he'll get. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, I think that is going to get done. Uh, jumping over to the Cavs, Colin Sexton wants starter money, starting guard money this is the one that we talked about the other day where we said there, there's an overlap right about at 18 million yep. between what the Cavs want to pay and what Sexton wants it seems like at, at some point they're they're close enough to where they're going to meet in the middle but just interesting to note that he does want want uh want to get that starter money yeah and again we're hearing Pistons and Pacers as mm-hmm. the two teams that may chase them Pacers don't make any sense to me I don't I like you've already got Halliburton Burton and uh Burton Brogdon Halliburton, Brogdon, and Heald. Um, I don't know that you, you know, maybe Brogdon's on his way out, but do you really just then replace that with Sexton coming in? Like that doesn't, I know that one doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Pistons make sense to me. He's already used to playing off the ball. He can defend ones. Um, Put in with Cade Cunningham and you're basically setting your backcourt for years to come uh, there. But I, I got to believe the Cavs are not just going to let him bounce. I, you know, unless it gets really silly, you know, you know, well north of $20 million a year. I got to imagine that they're just going to, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll pony up and keep him because he's, he's going to be an important player uh, for that team, you know, for sure. Uh, whether it's next to Darius Garland or um, behind Darius Garland, you know, sometimes with Darius Garland, whatever it is, um, yeah, I'd like to see Cleveland keep Colin Sexton. Well, I think something that's important to keep in mind, too, is when we hear these rumors and it's these three teams or these four teams are interested in whatever, you know, it's it's Pacers, Blazers, Magic, Mavs are interested in player X or whatever. That doesn't mean that the Pacers, the Mavs, the Magic, that all these teams called somebody and said, oh, yeah, we're interested in that yeah. guy. You're hearing that from one person that these teams have all have all checked. It's not like teams are registering their interest in the player with that news outlet. So what you're sometimes hearing is the agent for that player. And from that perspective, it makes sense to say, oh yeah, all the teams with cap space. And and then it's the Pacers. It's, it's the, exactly. They all are interested in in him. Even if it means, you know, there was a 10 second phone call. Hey, are you guys interested? Yeah, sure. Let's talk in a few days. Okay, cool. See ya. Oh, that team's interested, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Enough of us, myself included, put cap space projections out on enough of a regular basis that I think a lot of this stuff becomes almost uh, slightly informed speculation yeah. of like, okay, they have the cap space. They could go get this guy and then right. off we go. Yeah. Yep. So just something to keep in mind around this time yep. of year when uh, the rumors are flying. Speaking of which Jalen Brunson wants a better contract or equal to or better contract than the one Fred Van Vliet got. So now we're, we're comparing contracts here. Uh, do you think Jalen Brunson is right to want that contract? Do you think that is about his market value? What is that, about four years, 80-plus? 80 85, yeah. 85, okay. Pretty on it. Um, I didn't freeze, I'm thinking. Um, I, 
maybe. I he's nowhere near the defender. Fred Van Vliet is. Fred mm-hmm. Van Vliet is one of the best uh, guard defenders in the entire league. Um, and even though he's small, he's 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 very much like his kind of mentor, Kyle Lowry, in the sense of he's very strong. Yeah. Um, so he can hold his own against anybody. I I think Van Vliet is a better playmaker for others than Brunson as well. I my fear. Well, let me finish that that train of thought. You get to Brunson with the idea of it is um, factor in more a couple years in later since Van Vliet signed. Yeah, maybe he's you know worth a little bit more money, um, and it's all relative to the market, right? There's if, as long as there's you know, even just there. one team, that's all that matters. But I I don't know. I'm worried with Brunson that this is going to get to a point where it's like now the contract looks awful because it's, you know, instead of being 20 million a year, it's now, you know, 25 million a year. And that starts to become, you know, kind of a, a messy fit and those kind of things. So I, I and I like Jalen Brunson. I just, I, it's, I'm worried we're starting to get to a realm where I'm not going to like the value, what he uh, signs or resigns for. I think you can see that particularly since he's, he's not very big. So, you know, he's undersized, mm-hmm. makes some tough shots. But if he loses a little bit, just a mm-hmm. little bit, you could see a big decrease in his, his overall effectiveness. So particularly with his finishing around the basket, his ability to hit some really tough floaters. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I'm just saying it's a little bit higher of a risk than some other guys who are able to contribute in a lot of other, other areas. Um, we talk about this. It's kind of like, not the same, but kind of like the effect that we see on the super high percentage three-point shooters like a Duncan Robinson, players like that, where a lot of their value comes from their ability to be ridiculously good from behind the arc, where if that one thing slips a little bit, their overall value takes a massive, massive hit. Uh, Jalen Brunson could be kind of in that category, and that's where you've got to be a little bit concerned. But you know, Mark Cuban has already said they can pay more than anybody else, and sounds like they will do so, but... Yeah, I mean, you don't want to say this is going to end up in being a bad contract. You hope that he gets the contract and he continues to, to flourish and everybody says, oh, mm-hmm. this is a great deal. I just think it's maybe a little bit more risky than some of the other deals that we'll see out there. Yeah, you have to be very, very confident if you're another team and what your projection for him is in your system without Luka Doncic. What, yes. what, what, what does that become you know, for you? Because it's he's going to have to carry a bigger load um, than you know maybe he did uh, in Dallas. And I, I'm also not entirely sold. He is a – we throw around a pure point guard, you know, uh, mm-hmm. true point guard. We threw around that term, I think, almost too often now. There's kind of like Chris Paul is like the last kind of guy like that and who's left in the league. You have to be able to score at that position now um, to 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 play. Um, but I think it is like he did, there's still some semblance of that. And I do worry like how, how much is his creation ability for other players versus creation ability for himself. And that's mm-hmm. two very different things. And there it's, it's a great skill to have it for yourself. I just don't know that I'm paying a, you know, uh, sub six foot five uh, guard 25 million dollars a year to create a bunch of really tough you know looks for himself what do you think about the knicks bringing in his dad another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe that's something I, I think people went a little too far with it. Yeah. This isn't like when uh, a college hires a parent or hires the high school coach to be mm-hmm. an assistant coach. Um, like it's not necessarily that situation, but I do think, um, you know, maybe. But also Rick Brunson, I believe he either played or worked. Uh, for Tibbs in the past. So this is not, and it's not like his dad isn't already a coach. So that's also right. another like thing to factor in. But I mean, maybe, maybe, I mean, maybe it was a, you know, hope and, you know, it's, I, I don't, I don't think by any means we're going to be on, you know, July 1st and we find out uh, Jalen Brunson resigns with uh, the Mavs and then we find out the Knicks fired Rick Brunson. <laughs> I mean, I think he's going <laughs> to well, well, never mind then. We don't, yeah, yeah, never mind. Yeah. It's conditional. You know, right. conditional hire upon your son signing here. Like that'd be odd. Absolutely. Like big state, right? You gotta, gotta get uh gotta get Jesus Shuttlesworth to go and then you then then we'll we'll set you free. <laughs> so he got game worth in there. Nice. I like it. I like it. All right, let's let's finish up here. The Kings are oh, open no. to trading the fourth round. <laughs> to me, this is and I, I mentioned this earlier about how you should be willing to listen to offers on anything. Of course they are. Are the Rockets open to trading the third pick? Yes. Is any team open to trading any pick? Absolutely. If uh, if the Celtics called up the Orlando Magic and said, hey, we're getting a little tired of Jason Tatum doing good things. We'll give them to you for the first pick. You think sure. the Magic would say yes? Of course they would. Of course they would, right? Like every team should be open to trading any pick, right? Like that's, but, but that being said, what I think what actually gets suggested with headlines like these is that they are, more willing to listen to offers where it doesn't have to be a somebody does something dumb in order to get the deal to get the deal you know like they're they're open to actually moving the pick and uh, and negotiating something as opposed to no 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 we're we're only trading this if somebody does something stupid yeah and it's this is tough right because it's not that the kings fell to fourth in a or moved up to only moved up to fourth in a three-player draft, but it is a top three draft, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's Smith, Holmgren, and Bancaro at the top. Then it's kind of the next grouping is Ivy, Murray, Sharp, Daniels. The first Most pick people. of the tier. Yeah, exactly. If you start going in in tiers. So um James Ham of Kingsby wrote this um article, at least is where I saw this topic. And he mentioned a bunch of different things. He mentioned that they're open to listening, which you're absolutely right. They should be. Mm-hmm. Um, because part of what they're looking at is can we get veteran help to put around Fox and Sabonis and push us forward finally? That's risky because we've talked about it a million times. Boy, the West is gonna be deep next year and really good teams. Probably the only two teams I think we can kind of point to to say. Yeah, they're probably not ready yet. Are the uh, Thunder and the Rockets right there? They're probably going to be the two teams that are going to be still kind of, you know, they, maybe they're taking their steps forward, but they're not ready to jump into playoff contention, um, barring something really unexpected. Um, he, James Ham, also mentioned, you know, they could trade out entirely. One of the other things he mentioned is maybe they try to move up into the top three, say, hey, we'll add something to four sure. and go up and. You know, it doesn't seem like the Magic Thunder Rockets are open to moving back, um, but maybe maybe you catch one of them and they they feel that way. So it's it is um, you know we open everything. It's just we talk a lot about we talked about this with the coaches and stuff of earning 
the the right to just kind of kind of we're going to trust that it's going to work. Yeah, I'm not going to trust that whatever they do is going to work in Sacramento. Right. I'm just yeah. not going to believe that. We haven't seen that. We haven't exactly. seen it happen. So, yep. We'll see what ultimately they do. Um, I mean, it's a good thing that they moved up, but mm-hmm. they'd be in much better shape if they had moved up to third instead of moved up to yeah, yeah, because I, yeah, any one of Smith, Holmgren, Bancaro fits them that much better. Mm -hmm. Because now, if you're talking about you know coming coming back, all right. So Jaden Ivey, let's say he's your top guy on your board. All right, well that's another guard. If you just drafted, you know Halliburton. Uh, well, Fox, then Halbert, and then Mitchell. Like now, you're gonna pick a yet another guard and try to try to make make this work. Like that starts to get you know kind of messy. None of those guys are guards with size to you know. All right, well, they're a guard, but we could play them at the three in a three guard grouping, and we'll be okay. Like none of those guys really fit that that mold there. So yeah, it's it, it fourth is a tricky spot. I, and I don't know about trading back because I, I don't know who's looking to jump up go into right. that spot you have to really believe in you know, whether it's um you know jaden ivy uh keegan murray dyson daniel shade on sharp you, know, you got to really believe in, in one of those guys so right you know but let's see well we'll find out should be an exciting draft regardless maybe the fourth pick will be on the move we'll have to wait and find and out we, we didn't talk about that with the lakers there uh i, I saw reporting it just came out that, yep yeah, that just came out that they're going to try to buy a second round pick. So, mm-hmm. yeah, which is good. I mean, they should, right? Anything you can do to infuse some talent uh, towards the bottom of that roster, like and they have about four million or so to go spend because mm-hmm. they didn't use that money as they're throwing money this year. So, um, so they could potentially go and and grab a second rounder. Um, and they've had a pretty pretty high hit rate on those types of uh, pick picks. So. Yeah, I, it's that's exactly what you need to do. I mean, and there are definitely teams with extra picks that are not going to, you know, like Memphis. I wouldn't be surprised if you couldn't buy their second rounder in the middle of the second round. Um, they, they've got two first rounders. They're running out of roster spots. Um, this is one of the things where just to kind of just quick aside as we're wrapping up here is this is part of the whole deal with the um, – expansion talk is mm-hmm. teams are running out of roster spots because they're hitting on better players deeper into these drafts right. and finding players on the undrafted market and now all of a sudden you know there, there were multiple teams this summer who they have actually some money to spend but it's roster spots are the challenge for them the thunder are one of those teams they're they're about out of roster spots because they get a whole bunch of guys you kind of like on their roster. So that starts to, you know, as you look at things like all right, that, that could be why we could, you know, see expansion coming sooner rather than later. Cause it's, you know, everybody worries about the top end of the roster, but we're seeing a lot of guys who are pretty good players that might be in roster fights that should be on an NBA team somewhere uh, at, at some point. And if I was the Lakers, yeah, go buy a pick, get in there, take advantage of one of those teams. that's just looking to move out, yep. um, you know, make a little bit of cash has no impact on your salary cap or anything either. So you know, go, go do it. It's why a not? way to add some cheap talent. Yep. Get it done. Get it done. All right. Well, that wraps things up, man. Packed show today. A lot of of stuff. And we are heading into that part of the year where everything's going to be coming fast and furious and we are going to be busy. We're probably going to be looking at multiple shows going out each day for for a little bit here. It's going to be crazy and a lot of fun. Can't wait. To, uh, to get into this NBA offseason. But True, we're 17 days from the NBA oh my draft. Gosh, how is this possible? <laughs> Two I'm, not even, I'm not even done researching for the draft. <laughs> yeah. It's 17 days. Yeah, me life. either. Yeah, I'm a, I, I feel pretty good that I have a least loose understanding about the top 25 to 35 guys mm-hmm. um, right now, but I want to add 
it's not now I'm, you know, trying to get into those guys that are, you know, definite second rounders. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I'm trying, trying to be prepped and ready. I don't, I, my personal goal is one, I want to know something about every single player who comes off the board draft night. And then when we're getting all the, you know, we'll go to camp signing a two way. I don't want any one of those names to surprise me when we go. Um, and I, I do pretty good. There's usually one or two guys and in the draft. I'm generally good with this year. There's only be 58, but I'm generally pretty good with the 60 guys who get picked. It's usually one or two every year where I'm like, I don't know a lot about that guy who's going to training camp or sometimes it's just a summer league spot yeah. with that. But yeah, but 17 days away, like oh unbelievable, boy. two and a half weeks. Crazy, crazy coming up fast. All right, everybody. Make sure you do subscribe to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Turn on those notifications as well. Don't forget to follow us over on Apple Podcasts. Leave us that five-star review. We certainly appreciate it. Till next time, see ya, and stay safe. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.